This is The Fit Mess, conversations with world-class experts in the fields of mental, physical, and emotional health. In this episode... I'm a big believer that the universe or God or whatever you want is conspiring for us to live a great life. We're the ones that are in the way of it. And sometimes we just need to stop and go, am I where I'm supposed to be? What feels right to me? Am I running the right place? There's a lot of answers if we just shut up, be quiet, be still, and stop worrying about conquering the world all the time. Now here are your hosts, Zach and Jeremy. Saying F it doesn't always mean giving in or giving up. In fact, with the right tools, it can actually mean you're ready to pursue a better life, one with greater ease, meaning, and purpose. Our guest this week is Sean Rawls. He is the author of F It Less, 18 F-Words to Reframe and Repurpose Your Life. Well, our guest likes to use F-Words, and my F-Word for today is fourth. 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 Fourth midlife crisis (laughs) of my young 40 years. I was going to say, you're barely into your 40s. How can you be in your fourth midlife crisis? I have reinvented myself probably three times now, like Mm -hmm. complete transformation just because I was, I don't know, bored or something about, you know, uh, unhappy with the way I was and spent like two years just completely turning everything around. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I was 18, 19 years old, I was, I was on a path for prison. Like it was just, that's what everyone expected. That's Mm -hmm. where I was going to go. And, um, you know, completely turn that around. But I'm, I'm in the middle of my fourth one from, from what I can gather. And it's just all the decisions that I've made up to this point, you know, I'm comfortable, relatively happy, but something is just incredibly missing and I don't know what it is. So, you know, this interview, it was very eye opening for me in a way to actually go through and that I'd never done before. Cause I would always just feel something is wrong. But now actually there's like a system, there's things I can do to, uh, you know, figure out what it is. It's really got me thinking that I need to reinvent myself again, that I need to do something different, that what I've been doing isn't going to sustain me for another 20, 30 years. Is this a realization from the way that the world has been in the last year, or is this a, I'm comfortable again and it's time to shake things up? It's the, I'm comfortable again. Yeah. Right. I, I think we both know for as calm as I may sound, I enjoy anarchy. <laughs> like, and that's actually what I'm good at at work is taking situations that are not normal, yeah. situations that are screwed up and making them normal yeah, um, and fixing them. But I, I, once I get comfortable where I'm at, I need something to learn. I need to be uncomfortable. I need to do something different. And, and I think I'm at that point again. I was there five or six years ago as well. Well, it's funny. This is the second time uh, in the last two weeks that this has come up on the show. And and I love the idea of not waiting until the bottom falls out, not waiting till you hit rock bottom to suddenly realize, oh, I need to do something different with my life. But when you are comfortable and when things are relatively smooth, that's kind of the safest time to make a big jump. But I think in a lot of ways, the hardest, because there is something about us as people, or maybe that's too broad of a brush, but, but the idea of once I'm comfortable, then that, then I can settle down. I can stay there because I'm comfortable. There's nothing to strive for. But I think that's kind of when you stop living. If, if you take that approach. Yeah, that's, that's totally against my nature when I get to that point and I am comfortable and I can put my feet up 
and not have to worry about all the things that I've been worrying about. I don't know what it is in me. I'm just like, no, this is just wrong. Like, I'm happy that I'm comfortable, but then my brain is just idle. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, there's a there's a difference between being alive and living. There's, a, I think Ryan Holiday describes it as a, a live time and dead time. Mm-hmm. Where like if you're not growing in some way, and 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 that's not to say I don't I don't want to make it sound like it's bad to rest. Rest is incredibly valuable and necessary and important. You need to have downtime. But when you realize after a few years, months, that you're not really growing anymore and you're not you're just sort of going through the motions and, and you're just sort of paying the bills and, and making sure the lights work and, and all that, then maybe it's time to shake things up and, and find a new uh a new challenge and, and a new way to grow. Yeah, the example I was I was giving to my wife was you know, right after I finish my coffee in the morning, I start to think about my coffee the next morning. It really is the best part of the and day under any circumstance. Come on, let's it be is. honest. It, it really <laughs> is. But it, but then the rest of the day is I just have to do this and I can get to my coffee and just do this and I can get to my coffee <laughs> and go to bed and get to my coffee. And then I get my coffee and I really enjoy it. And then I do it all over again. Here's, so here's a, here's a little tip. You don't have to wait till the next day for the next cup of coffee. You can just go make more. It's okay. You can, but then if you're like me, then I'll be up all night. That's true. And it'll take longer to get to my coffee. (laughs) That's true. Uh, All right. Well, how do you get there? How do you decide to take the leap and and shake things up, make a big uh, change in your life and, and start to see things differently? I think a lot of people are thinking about that as they've like I have gotten their second dose of uh, their vaccine and they're ready to, to take on the world. That's where we turn to our guest. His name is Sean Rawls. He is the founder and CEO of Rawls Consulting. He is the author of a new book. And anytime a, a book even hints at swearing, we're going to talk about it. It is called F It Less, 18 F Words to Reframe and Repurpose Your Life. And uh, anytime you can talk about F Words, you're, you're going to be a guest on our show. So we started talking with, uh, with Sean Rawls about those of us that have already made the decision to do some things differently and how to make sure you're doing it the right way. You, you pose an interesting opening because it, yeah, I think if you're smart, you've come out of, you've come out of 2020 um, reevaluating things. But I think there's a lot of people who have just kind of slept walk through, through that. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a given that people have had the chance to do that or been shaken to a degree that where they, where they feel like they should. Um, one of the things I talk about in the book is the fact that, that human beings, we, we are, we are the most adaptable species on the planet. Right. I mean, you just we can we're, we're, we're brilliant at making things work, whether it's good, bad, shitty in between. I mean, we, we, we can figure out how to make shit work. That's just what we do. Right. Um, but being adaptable, you, we, we say it like it's a really positive thing. But the, but the reality is when we adapt to things, we tend to adapt to things that are less than ideal for us. And we don't really adapt to things that are more than that. We don't really ask that question. So we just kind of we kind of slide back and we slide into uh, uh, somebody else's version of normalcy. And whether it's a uh, stifling job, whether it's a less than fulfilling relationship, whether it's an environment that we just, it really isn't good for us, whether it may be marginally not good or just toxic. Um, we tend to just think that's where we're supposed to be. And we just figure out a way to 
work through the day and get to Friday and get a couple of days off and gear up for the next one. And I think it's, I think we're dangerous to ourselves because we're so adaptable. And I, and I think that this, this past year has, you know, it's just, I don't know if you experienced this, but when you, when I got my COVID shot, um, I had this sense of relief that I, I didn't, I, I didn't really, I had no expectation. I was like, Oh man, I'm going to get my shot. How awesome. And I walked out of there. I almost teared up. I was like, wow, I just feel like I got, I won a lottery ticket um, the way it happened. And, and, and there was just this sense of burden that, that just kind of elevated off my shoulders a little bit. And I, I was not prepared for that. And I think we're all walking around with that, that sense of angst or sense of survival that, um, that really isn't living. I mean, we just kind of put some guardrails up around our life, around our friends, around our social life. And those guardrails just kind of physically and realistically and metaphorically have kind of, we, we got to figure out how to break through them and get back to a new normal. And the cool part about that is I think we get to define what that looks like for us. And we should take this time to say, wow, what do I want to look different now that I've escaped death and all the things that COVID represented? And now I can get back to who do I want to spend my time with and who do I not want to spend my time with now that I actually have, I actually have a choice. You mentioned uh, survival. And I think that that was one of the bells that kept going off in my head while you were talking was just that it does seem like, and, and maybe I'm wrong, I'm no psychologist, but it seems like our adaptability, our desire to sort of make it work is a survival thing. Maybe it is this primitive thing in us. It's like, once I've got a house that I'm safe in and a job that pays my bills, then I, I don't have to, I don't have to venture out and find another bison. I don't have to venture out and take down the big game to feed my, my tribe or whatever. Is that sort of where that comes from? Is, is it that rooted in who we are? I think it, I think it, I don't know if it's supposed to be, but I think it's kind of ended up that way. And one of the things I talk about in the book is we all have coping mechanisms to get through those things. And that's part of our adaptable process. But when you really step back and you look at those coping mechanisms, they're really, they're habits. They're not solutions. Right. So, and I think that's, I think people just kind of feel good about themselves, but, but the reality is you've just created a habit of survival instead of creating a solution to truly live. And um, this is a really good time for people to, 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 to it's kind of like the, I think it's like the, the halftime of the Super Bowl, right? Where you just go in there and you go, okay, we're up or we're down. We got, we got, we got 30 minutes more to play. What are we, what are we going to do with the time we have left? Do we need to change our game plan? Do we need to change the plays? Does, do I need to do something different? And, 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 and if you're not looking at this, like you're in the locker room at, at halftime, you probably should, in my opinion, because I think that's the gift that th this has given us a pause for reflection, for um, connecting with ourselves and reevaluating whether our life is okay or not. And one of the, one of the chapters in the book is fine to fantastic. And, and I say fine is the enemy of fantastic because, um, bad, a lot of people say, no, bad's the enemy. And you're like, no, 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 no. Because when it's bad, it prompts change. But when things are okay, um, it really doesn't prompt change. You're just kind of like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'll be, I'll be fine. And we just ended up in this fine thing where, you know, fine turns into a year and 10 years and 20 years. And next thing you know, you look back and you're like, shit, I have been fine for a long time. And I don't know that I'm okay with that. Um, so this book, hopefully will get people to kind of look at that. Are you just fine? Or are you, do you want to be fantastic? Are you okay with fine? Um, just look at it and see. So I, that takes me back to um, a therapist once told me 
as I was complaining about all these things I wanted to do or needed to do to make myself better, she suggested that I was too comfortable with where I was. I was fine. Right. And that's why I wasn't, you know, putting forth all of these massive changes. But, you know, I, I love looking at it from that idea of we're adapting to get through a shitty spot instead of adapting to make positive changes. But how do you make that shift? How do you how do you change that from I just need to get through the week to get to the weekend to I'll tell tell you there's a simple there's a simple exercise that I've led thousands of people through around the country. And here's what I would if if you and I were having a a beer and having this conversation, we'll do it publicly. But um, this is what I would do. I'd say take a piece of paper if you've got one and, 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 and draw a quadrant. Right. Just just draw make the whole page a quadrant. And in the upper left-hand corner, draw a plus sign. And on the upper right-hand quadrant, draw a subtraction sign. And on the lower left-hand corner, draw a multiplication sign. And on the lower right-hand corner, draw a division sign. And this is your quadrant. And mm-hmm. so here's what that means. In, 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 in your life and in your business, what are the tasks that you do? And who are the people that you spend time with that add to the quality of your life or business and give you energy. Those people go in the plus qu- in the plus quadrant. Mm-hmm. Who are the, t- what are the tasks and who are the people that don't give you energy and, and probably take it away? That, that's the, that's the subtraction. The multiplication side is who are the tasks, who are the, what are the, who are the people and what are the tasks that don't just give you energy, but truly multiply. If, 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 if the plus sign is good, this is great. This is your most dollar productive activity. These are the people you 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 can't get enough of. They they inspire you. You learn from them. That you love from them. Whatever it is, and then on the bottom right, the division sign. It's these are not just people that take away your quality of life and energy. These are the people that suck the life out of you. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you when if you really do that exercise, which in 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 you'll have people in that quadrant of suck the life out of you, and you'll have things that you do that you. Freaking can't stand doing. <laughs> and when you label, and, 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 and until you go through this exercise, it's all on one sheet of paper with no boundaries. And so every, the good, the bad, the ugly, it all exists together. But as soon as you put a label on Bob in that division category, you'll never look at Bob the same way again. Mm-hmm. And you'll never look at that task that you're doing the same way again. And you got to figure out, because what happens is, and then I would lead you through and say, okay, so which quadrant represents the most amount of your time spent? And it's pretty interesting because a lot of people end up living most of their time on that right side of the quadrant in the subtraction and division sign. Mm-hmm. And everybody else and everything else on the other side just gets the leftovers. Mm-hmm. And if you can kind of make some adjustments and either get rid of the division sign part, some of these people are you're related to. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to, And once you see, you got to figure out how to put some boundaries in place or some filters in place, or just the ability to just say, I'm cutting that out and seeing it like this, I'm done. And it just frees up more time and space and energy for you to spend more time on that left side of the quadrant with the good and the great people and tasks and just having that. And if you did that exercise every quarter of the year, it, it's going to be interesting to see a how those tasks and people shift, but more importantly, the time spent with those people and tasks, how that shifted too. Because you will live more intentionally. You can't do that exercise and honestly, and then spend time with Bob without feeling like complete dumbass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, I'm I'm hearing this, and I just want to make sure I understand it right. Like I have a conversation with somebody at work that 
is a poor conversation. And then I walk away and I don't think about it again. That would be like a negative or a, a minus. Sure. But then last night I talked to my aunt and she made a couple of little comments that had me steaming for three hours after the call. That's a division, right? That's a division. That's a division. And not that we can't, I mean, we can't always avoid having those tough conversations or disappointing conversations. But if, if we're with people that tend to make us feel that way on a regular basis, or that's just more of the, more of the standard than the exception, it's, it should be a wake up call. Right. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of people going to work every day and spending eight hours with those two people, you know, and it's just, it saddens me to think that that's the case, but there's a lot of people that just, there's something I learned a long time ago that says your lowest standard is your standard. You know, you can't say, well, that's just a low exception and everything else is that is that if you accept that, that's, that's your, that's your standard, right? You can't, you can't asterisk that. So you have to either change your standard and elevate it or, um, or not. It's your call. I love that exercise. Just mentally, I was doing it in my head. We're in the middle of, of our halftime and we're planning a big move and all this. And, and I was sort of putting some of the things in the boxes and it gave me a lot of clarity on one of the things that I'm like, I just like our house, you know, we're, we're planning to move and I'm like, Oh, but our house, it's this great thing. But when I went through, where does it go in the box? It's in the division box. I'm just like, I'm hanging on to one of the biggest anchors in this whole process. Isn't so, that funny? It's so like a blank, funny. it's a blankie. It's like a grown up blankie. You know, we, 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 everybody's got that thing, you know, and, and sometimes it kind of morphs into a house and sometimes it's a car and sometimes it's a person or a dog or you just, yeah, we do that. It's, it's, but it is a really interesting exercise. I mean, it, it, it there's not a person that's ever done that, that I've walked through that hadn't been like, Oh my God. I mean, I did it with a, with a lady that, that worked for me once. And, and she said she, she was crying. And I said, what, why are you crying? She said, I don't think I have anybody on the left side of this quad. Oh, that's awful. And my heart, I mean, my heart broke for her, yeah. but I mean, and I just realized, man, we take so many things for granted, even the people that are there that, um, but some people just have never had that opportunity to be around people that truly give them energy. One of the things in the, in the book I talked about that friends of mine taught me a long time ago was they categorized people into two people. I walked into a party actually, and it was, uh, it was while I was going through my divorce and all this stuff. And I walked into a party and these are good, good friends of mine. And they said, look, I really want you, this is a small group. And I know you don't know anybody, but here's what you need to know. Everybody in here is a lifter. Everybody. We have invited only lifters in our lives. So don't be afraid to talk to anybody because everybody in this door is, is here on purpose and they are powerful lifters in our lives. And just embrace that. There are no leaners here. And I, I talk about that in my book, not the, not the story behind it, but the fact that people either lift you up and lift your energy up or they, they, they lean on you and take it away. And knowing who's, who's who is really clarifying. But when you, the scary part is it goes back to that fine thing is the scary part is it's not the people that automatically come up as leaners in your life that are the problem. It's the people that you're not sure about that you really haven't, you're not sure where to put them in either, but they're the ones where you're probably leaking energy because you're spending time with these, these leaners that you've been treating like lifters and they're not. Interesting. That's so interesting. The, uh, the book is loaded with F words. Let's talk about a few of them. What, what are sure. these, what are these F words and how can they help us sort of, uh, carve this path as we lean into the, uh, the second half of our lives? 
you know, find a fantastic feelings is a big one. Cause I think feelings, I talk a lot about feelings and how they're the first indicator that something's not right. We just, and, and guys, particularly we're all guys on this call. Mm-hmm. I don't think we are um, naturally gifted at being in touch with our feelings to the degree that we can talk about them in a vulnerable way a lot of times. So um, I go through that in the book a little bit. There's a concept called foxhole uh, is one of the F words and foxholes are, are military things that people have to learn how to carve out a space where they can protect themselves from, from enemy fire and also give them an opportunity to kind of fire back from a point of um, offense. And in life, when you go through crisis, it's really important to realize who your foxhole buddies are because the only, the most important thing in a foxhole is keeping your foxhole buddies alive. And the people that go through foxholes with you in the military are people that have lifelong bonds because of the shit they went through together. And there's just an emotional bond there. And when you go through crisis, you usually go through it with a few key people. And it's always interesting who shows up, but it's more interesting who doesn't. And it's, uh, if you want to know who your true foxhole buddies in life are, just go through a crisis and, and, and you will have no problem figuring out who that is. There's a chapter called float. Float is an F word. And float is about the power of doing nothing. You know, we are so productive as a society. You know, we, 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 we do things to make ourselves more efficient and accomplish more in less time. When you go way back, things were created to be more efficient so that we could have more time. But the fact of the matter is we create more efficiency to do more in more time and we give up our time for more and more and more tasks and more and more and more money or whatever, whatever that is. So um, float is the power of doing nothing. It's, it's taking opportunities. And I learned to, I learned transcendental meditation about six years ago, which was, I used to laugh about anybody who said meditation. I just thought you were just running on fairy dust. Right. (laughs) Um, But then somebody said, somebody said, Hey, you you really should check this out. And, um, and so I did. And I thought the class was a little weird to be honest, but the skill that I walked out of there with of being able to just basically jump in a swimming pool and sit at the bottom and shut out all the noise above for 20 minutes at at any given time is powerful. And I think that if, if, if we quit and I think our busyness is akin to us just pushing on a door that's supposed to be pulled and and we're, we're always pushing, pushing, pushing thing. We're going to push the door down. And if we just step back and stop trying so hard, the door might friggin' open. Yeah. And I, I, I'm a big believer that the universe or God or whatever you want is conspiring for us to live a great life. We're the ones that are in the way of it. And sometimes we just need to stop and go, am I where I'm supposed to be? What feels right to me? Am I running the right place? Am I around the right people? What needs if, for me to get where I want to go? What needs to, you know, is there something I need to be paying more attention to? And there are a lot of, there's a lot of answers if we just, shut up, be quiet, be still, and stop worrying about conquering the world all the time, that we could hear some things or pay attention to some things. These, what I call in the book, I call them nudges. There's just, there are nudges all the time. And we just need to be still enough to recognize them. So those are a couple of F words. I I, I love family. Ultimately, freedom is, is a big one, because I think, um, you know, I heard a definition, I tell a story in the book, but but, but I had a God t- show me, give me a definition of freedom that I stole and I've never let go of. And that was the definition of freedom to him was a complete lack of anxiety. Mm, that's great. And I was like, it just hit me as soon as I said, and he wrote it on a flip chart. He, he went around the room, he wrote the word freedom on a flip chart and said, what's your definition of freedom? And like 
there were hundreds of people in the room and everybody was coming up with these awesome patriotic definitions of freedom. And he just stopped the room cold at the very end and said, well, here's mine. And I mean, there wasn't a, it was just quiet. Cause everybody was like, wow, that's, fr- that is, that is freedom. I mean, if you think about that, yeah. that's the life we all want and, um, and we can have, but we just have to probably do a few things differently or think about some things. Um, oh, there's a, there's a chapter called forking. That's an F word forking. Um, and forking is a cool exercise too, because I go back to my first adult exercise, my first adult decision, which was where do I go to college? Right. And so, and I lay them all out. Like I could have gone to Georgia tech, uh, UNC or Arizona state. Those were my three choices at the time. I chose Georgia tech. So I, I, I highlighted the path to Georgia tech. I had three choices, went to one, and then that led me to real estate. And that led me to that. And that led me to that. And so, and when you go back and you plot, all the major life decisions that happen in your, in, in the rearview mirror and what, what you did as well as what you didn't do or what you wanted, but what you got. Sometimes uh, you might've lost a spouse to cancer or you might've gotten a divorce or your boss may have, you, you might've lost your job, even though you were a top performer and you never would have wanted to leave the job. But then you look back and you go, when I connect all these dots through this forking exercise, I realize if I hadn't lost my job, I would have never had the guts to go do this. I would have never started my own podcast. I would have never done this or that or whatever, whatever it is. And you look back and go, the universe was truly putting me on a path that I never appreciated at the time. But when I look back on it, there are all these points of connection in my life based on the forks that I chose and that were chosen for me and against my will that got me where I am. Now, some people say, well, what if I hate where I am? And you go, well, that's okay too, because you can look back and go, what's the basis I made all these decisions on? Because most people make a lot of decisions out of fear or insecurity. And you can, and that gets really, really clear in the rearview mirror too. And you can say, okay, so the next time I get a decision to make, I'm going to do it the opposite of the way I typically do it or have some help or call in some, some troops or whatever, whatever that looks like, or who knows. Mm-hmm. But forking, forking is another interesting F word for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Yes, yeah, we just don't look back enough. I mean, a lot of people look back and they just get weighed down by the mistakes they made, and they just beat the shit out of themselves for that. And they just, you know, whatever. And, and one of the chapters is forget. Um, and I tell a story about this little league baseball. I've got a stepson who's a good, really good little league baseball player. And you know, when he was like eight or nine, like the coach would yell, the coach would yell from the signs. He'd say, "Flush it, flush it, flush it." And it's his way of saying. You know, they, they're crying, you know, they, 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 they miss a ball or they and they just start crying right there on first base. Right. And he'd just say, flush it, flush it, flush it. And um, but I think that's what we do. Right. And, and, and the idea is, look, if you want to play good ball, you can't play with tears in your eyes and you can't worry about the mistake you just made. Go to the yeah. go, go make another one and a new one and go, go make enough to where you stop making them. But mistakes are part of the game. And if you're spending all your time worrying about the mistakes you did make, you're missing a lot of opportunities and you're going to, you're going to miss a lot of balls that are hit your way because you got tears in your eyes and you're, you're worried about the last play and it's ancient history. Yep. So forget is a good one. Wow. There are so many F words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I want to ask you about all of them, but I guess that, you know, we can do the answer show. to that should be, you know, go read the book. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's available on audible. It just hit today and, and it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. So read it. And I'd love to do another show. If you guys want to chat some more about it, but because it's, there's, I believe this book is going to help people live a better life. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's designed to say, just look at where you are and ask yourself if it's okay. 
Um, because my guess is there are some places in your life where you have adapted to something that's less than ideal. And maybe that's not a big deal today, but in five years, if you, that you keep doing that, it, it, it might explode. I mean, people don't usually just burn out. They usually like blow up. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it, there's you can rust out along the way, but most of the problem, you know, it's, you see all these things with these people going postal and doing all kinds of crazy stuff out there. They've been suffering for a long time. Yeah. And the problem is, like most of us, we don't usually voice our concern. I mean, we usually internalize and we make up all these stories in our head about what the bad guy is and what the bad guy's thinking and what the bad guy did and how I've been. What, but they really don't sit down the table and go, hey, I've got some issues and I want to talk about them. They usually go through silence for so long to the point that they just they've created this boogeyman that is so big. And then they just go and they just blow the whole thing up. And everybody's like, what happened to Tom? Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Well, and it's, um, it's interesting. You, you, you make that, uh, analogy, I guess. And, and you mentioned earlier how, uh, men are not so good when it comes to being connected to our feelings and sharing them. And I, that's right. It's no coincidence that most of the people that take out these, uh, violent actions are men because yeah, true. We're, we true. are not taught to deal with our feelings the way that that we try and preach here and, and that I hear you preaching uh, in your book and in your work. Uh, speaking of the book and your work, where do we learn more about you? Where can we find out more about you online? So my website is seanrawls.com and I'm S-H-A-U-N-R-A-W-L-S.com. Um, that's a good spot to get stuff. But if you want to buy the book, you can do it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, Audible has it. If you're into, if you want me to read the book to you, I, I, I can do that um, as well on Audible. But um, yeah, it's pretty easy to find. It's effortless, 18 F words to reframe and repurpose your life. I'm pretty excited about it. I hope it helps a lot of people. All right. His name is Sean Rawls. All the links that he mentioned to the book and his website are on our page, thefitmess.com. Just look in the show notes for this episode. Lots and lots of F words in that book. None of the ones I was expecting to find, though. Yeah, I was hoping for, for you know, the good one that you can use anywhere. Yeah, generally, I think when, when you're trying to make a big change or, or, or forced to make a big change, it's because you're generally fucked. And, uh, you know, that, that not one of the top 18 F words. I was, I was really surprised by that. Yeah. I, I won't, I won't say what it is, but in my, in my car today, you know, I was just thinking through all of the things that, you know, were in my plus and minus and division, yeah. you know, categories. And, you know, the one, the one item that was in my division category, which I'm not going to say on the show, cause you know, I just don't want everyone to know about it. Um, but I literally in my car, I screamed like it just hit me out of nowhere. But I screamed, I fucking hate. <laughs> and but it was so soothing. Like yeah. using that F word. Oh yeah. Yelling it out and having that emotional reaction and getting vulnerable. Even you know, even to myself, even though it was in my car and nobody knew except for the guy behind me when I swerved, <laughs> when I screamed. But it was it was just this moment of you know, rah, and then, okay, now we're going to change it. Yeah. It's, right? it's, it's just, those, it's those moments, those moments of self-reflection when you take the time and do like he suggested that, that simple exercise of breaking it into the four quadrants. I didn't even do it on paper. I was just doing it in my head. And as I mentioned, like the one thing that I'm so afraid of letting go is like one of the biggest things in my division column. That's it's remarkable. Yeah. Like, 
again, this sort of alludes to something we talked about last week, but just the idea of sometimes to move forward, you do have to look back. And that's where, you know, a, a good journaling practice can be really helpful because if you do review where you've been and, and the things you've already done and the lessons you've already learned, you can always go back to those and learn them again. And, mm-hmm. and you can see patterns where you do fall off the horse. I, w- I was talking to my doctor about this today. Just the idea that like, I know what I need to do to battle depression and anxiety and, and to feel good and to generally be sort of happy. I need to ride my bike. I need to exercise. I need to drink enough water and I need to meditate. I need to do that every single day. Mm-hmm. If one of those things falls out of the, uh, out of the equation on any one day, then like a house of cards, the others will, and then I'll end up depressed and overwhelmed and feel like what's the point. And then the cloud will lift and I'll, put those things back in. And it's just this cycle. And when you look back and go, oh my God, there's a pattern here. You can start to make those decisions like you did when you screamed in the car today. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to change this. I'm going to do something yep. different. Yep. It was such a great moment. Yeah. Screaming in the car in general is usually a, a nice release valve. <sighs> it is. It's actually not bad. I enjoy it. Were you, uh, now I just, nobody in the audience is going to care about this, but you're a big, uh, heavy metal guy. Do you, do you sing along to some like Pantera or something to just like get that out sometimes? Uh, occasionally I, interestingly enough, I was, uh, listening to Metallica at the time. Uh, of so, course, of and course. the particular song was, I was listening to, it's called blackened. So it was, you know, <laughs> somehow I knew it was, it was right, right in the, you know, the, maybe it was the music that put me in the mood or, or the music came on because of the mood right. and the universe just answered. I don't yeah. know, but yeah. it was, it was pretty loud. That's one of those things where I think like, you know, in my twenties, you know, you sing in the car all the time. Cause all you're doing is driving around going from place to place. But when you've got kids, you don't, you can't just crank it and just scream, you know? I mean, I, I suppose you can, but your kids are going to think you're a pretty weird dude. Um, so I, I just think that, you know, when you have those moments alone in the car, yeah, you got to do that sometimes. Yeah. It was, it was very relieving for sure. Cause the workout I was coming from wasn't enough. Apparently. Apparently not. <laughs> All right. Well, cue up your uh, Metallica soundtrack. Cause this episode is coming to an end and you're going to want to scream. I, I imagine. So, uh, enjoy doing that. We are going to take off. We will be back next Wednesday at thefitmess.com. You can head there right now and subscribe to the newsletter. Follow us on your favorite social media platforms. And of course, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. Uh, Like I said, that's going to do it. We will be back next week with a brand new episode at thefitmess.com. See everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.